Oh, what a uh, what a week it's been for UTEP basketball. Welcome back to Sports Talk. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. It has been the kind of week we've been expecting now for a while. I know some people are like, oh my God, the sky's falling. Well, we told you it's coming. We told you um, that it was going to be a complete overhaul. So, in all aspects, not really that surprised. Um, the vets you know, all voted to play after the loss to Middle Tennessee, but on the flip side, you know, we were hearing whispers that the vets were all gone anyway. It was weird. And I think that, you know, when Joe Golding said, yeah, we'll keep playing, maybe part of the thought was these guys would have such a good time and play so well that they would all stay. Unfortunately, they lost against Southern Utah. Jamal Bienemy didn't play in that game or the first game, and that was it. And now here's the you know here's the the after effect. The portal is suddenly filled with minors, which we knew it would be. I mean, that's just it's just the, what's been going on. I just I can't believe it took this long, Adrian. That's the bigger surprise. I, I just thought this would have happened uh, a week or two ago. Me too, Steve. I thought we would get the, this news uh, all of last week. Instead, we get it this week during dead period for the minors where uh, coaches have a chance to finally meet and have these exit interviews with these players. And uh, today's the biggest loss of them all. I mean, and, and sure. is the loss of the biggest loss of the season. Now, for back-to-back years, UTEP basketball has lost their best player. Last year, losing Bryson Williams. This year, losing Sule Boom to the transfer portal. Or, you know, playing professional basketball, whatever Boom ends up doing. But Sule will be uh, well, he will leave UTEP as the eighth uh, all-time leading scorer in UTEP basketball pr- history. When you're just talking about pure offense, this guy it could be uh, you know a, a really really good boost to you know a Power Five school down the line, Steve, and could really help uh, a team out next year if he decides to come back for college basketball. Oh, I totally agree. And by the way, Sule's not coming back. All right, and it doesn't have anything to do with UTEP. Sule loves El Paso, loves the school, loves UTEP. So he's going to he's, look. He saw what Bryson Williams did last year. He saw, and he still wants. He's still thinking about playing pro ball, just like Bienemy. So you know what? I, I think for for Sule, either a he goes pro, or b he finds a chance to go to a high major uh, or mid major that he knows is an NCAA team, and that's probably what he'll end up doing for his final year. I mean, it's got to be tough. You watch Bryson on a team that ultimately could have very well been like Kansas on Monday. And you see that. And you played with Bryson for two years. You don't think that's going through his mind or Titus's mind or all these guys? Of course it is because they know. They saw what it's like. They know what the portal's like right now. Um, it's interesting. So, you know, some people are saying that UTEP's going to turn into junior college. From what I've been told, and this was talking to a high major head coach today, he said, Everybody's a junior college now in college basketball. He said there is no such thing as mid-majors being junior college basketball and high-majors not. They all are because apparently they're all going to have to navigate the portal every year. And here's the thing, Adrian. Some are going to be good at it. Some are not. And those that are good, that, that know that they can turn their roster around from year to year no matter what happens, they're the coaches that are going to succeed in this new era of college basketball, and the programs themselves are going to be able to flourish in the process. Those that can't handle it or just aren't ready for this yet, they're the coaches that are going to either lose their jobs, struggle, and the programs are going to struggle as well because ultimately 
until things change around college athletics, which they might never change, welcome to the new era of college sports. And this is something that UTEP fans should be very familiar with. So again, going back to shocking, going back to disappointment and stuff like that, it, you, you know what? If you're a UTEP fan, just be ready for this year after year. This has happened under Tim Floyd. He was affected big time by the transfer portal. Then it came to ter- uh, Rodney Terry. He was hit by transfer portal news left and right with his players. But Rodney Terry did something that UTEP coaches hadn't done before, which was capitalize off the transfer portal and get some big names out of the portal. Now you, you look into uh, you know uh, Joe Golding going to his first real full year of his offseason. Um, you know, I, I'm curious to see how he capitalizes off the transfer portal what kind of players he he brings to El Paso because UTEP will have to fill out a roster and I'm sure that the brand is a a much in a much better place now than it was last year so I think Joe Golding has a lot to sell with some of these recruits but now the other thing is Steve he's got to replace a coach and that was his lead recruiter in Butch Pierre who ended up leaving the program today for Wichita State he does and um that's going to be a really good uh, you know it's going to be an interesting decision to see where he goes. Does he decide to go internal? That's a possibility. You know, he's got a guy on his staff now in Spriggs that he likes a lot, and maybe now is the time to give Spriggs the opportunity to get on the road and see what he can do. Maybe he looks from someplace else at, at a, a young recruiter that's made a name for himself as somebody that could bring in players. Who knows? Who knows where he decides to go? But but ultimately, that might be a blessing in disguise too because sometimes you almost want to uh, get, get yourself, uh, you know, change recruit, uh, change assistants as often as you can to make sure you got a shot to get as many good recruits as possible. Yeah, this is common in college basketball where you see assistant coaches leave or you know bring in new assistant coaches, things like that. Uh, some of these jobs are even year to year, so uh, it's it's not you know it's it is common to see this happen. Now, as far as Byron uh, Brian Spriggs go for UTEP basketball, this is somebody who is cited by you know two four seven sports by rivals by recruiting websites as being somebody who's champion the uh, championing the recruiting efforts for the minors right now. Now he's made good connections with guys like Sam Sessoms, which was detailed in a 247 Sports article. Mm-hmm. He's the he's the graduate transfer from Penn State, and that's a huge name for minor fans to kind of keep in mind. Sam Sessoms has a possibility to uh, come to El Paso and you know play for the minors. He included Sam Sessoms included UTEP in his top six when he when he's talking about his final recruit list. Oh man, that's huge! That you imagine if that ends up happening, see, then all of a sudden, now you're just you know you're you're overhauling is what you're doing. You're losing you know you're you're losing pieces and then you're gaining pieces. As simple as that. Yeah, so now the, the departure list is now at 8 for UTEP basketball. If you want to count Alfred Hollins, who's a graduate transfer, wasn't going to be back anyways, that's nine players who won't be back from last year's roster and more to possibly come as oh. exit interviews continue this week and Keontae Kennedy being the biggest decision looming right now. How about the fact that Cam Clardy went into the portal and he wasn't even a scholarship guy? Right, exactly. A walk-on player with Cam Clardy, averaged just six minutes off the bench and 14 games played. Also dealt with some off-the-court issues, you know, as well that was well documented on this show and sure. other media outlets. And so now Cam Clardy uh, hitting the portal and going to another school. Yeah, and by the way, uh, just so you know, I don't know why it hasn't happened yet, but Kesagifa is going into the portal. That was one of the e- that was one of the easiest locks of them all. Kesagifa is not coming back. Uh, there's no way. Now, here's what's going to be really interesting, okay? If your nucleus for next season is Onyema, Sibley, and Kalu, now all of a sudden, 
Um, you got a lot of spots, a lot of spots, a lot of pieces to fill. Of course, you have to first off, you know, the obvious is recruiting a, a proven point guard, recruiting a, a true scorer, whether it be a shooting guard or a power forward at that four spot. You know, you're getting Jonathan Dosanjos, who already signed his letter of intent last year. So he's coming into the mix as a as, as a junior college transfer. Um, if you're UTEP, you might want to keep uh, Shea Evans, the San Diego State transfer wing. So that could be some depth that you add right there at that three position right there. But, you know, as far as needs for UTEP, the needs is everything. They need everything on their roster as they try to retool for next season. Yeah, very true. Very, very true. So uh, keep an eye on it, folks. Um, that is something that to me is is, is a, it's a it's going to be fascinating right now. It really is. What do they do? What do they do? King Eric says this all started with Jacob Cowing. No, it didn't. Uh, trust me. Uh, I know for fans they think that it did, but basketball and football are two different animals. All right? I guess what King Eric is saying is that that's for UTEP, the first pin that dropped that's been a rough uh, 2022 as far as the portal goes. I get that. But, I mean, they've been dealing with the portal in basketball now for the last five, six, seven years uh, since Floyd, okay? And, yeah, I know about the portal because I was at that press conference where I got all the handouts, learned all about how many people were in the portal, what's going on, and how and, – and crazy enough, that was when the portal was kind of in its infancy and growing. Now it's – it's just, it's just, it's a completely different portal than it was five years ago. It's a completely different portal than it was two years ago. Yeah, even one with uh, the one-time transfer rule ba- barely getting in place during you know the pandemic and and that off season uh, w- between NCAA athletics and stuff like that. Yeah, the transfer portal has grown to w- what is year to year free agency in college basketball. I mean, yep. you can get a waiver and be blessed off by your previous school and be immediately eligible for your next school. That really just shows you uh, that you can move wherever you want in college basketball. This is a reality. Roster turnover is going to be a thing year after year. And do I? expect 10 guys to go to the portal or nine to 10 guys every every year for UTEP basketball no but I do expect you know five to six every year as every year as an average every year there's always gonna be players thinking that the grass is greener someplace else always so I give listen I'll say this I give Rodney Terry a lot of credit he was smart he grabbed guys after one or two years and got him here, and he knew they couldn't go any place for two or three seasons. That, that he had them, and he had a chance to develop them. I mean, that was the that, if you think about it, that's the way to do it. Go get D one transfers that still have two, three, four seasons left that'll that'll come over here and play, and they can't necessarily look to transfer out until they graduate. Yeah, or maybe even go after and try to recruit a guy who's who will make UTEP their third school. Because if you're going four schools in four or five years, Steve, then you know, what are you doing as a college basketball player? I think three schools is kind of what the average is, and I, I kind of think that's a shame. You know, I, If you're talking about a college basketball play, player uh, playing for three different schools as now being a normal uh, thing in college basketball it's so it's so bizarre to me to think that's the case i know i'm with you on that one so um uh, we don't know about keontae kennedy yet okay and from what we're hearing we might not find out for sure about kennedy for about another week or so that's what we're hearing that it's not necessarily something that's going to happen today tomorrow the weekend more than likely it might happen within the next week or so and i think if you're utep hey you got to be prepared either way if you get him back, great. That's a building block uh, from last season. You know what Kennedy can do. He's somebody that uh, can light it up. If you if you lose him like you've lost everybody else, well, you know what? 
hey, you had a brace for impact anyway, Adrian. And the fact is, now you just go ahead and you build with your with your three core nucleus of Sibley, Kalu, and Z, and you essentially recruit a new basketball team for next season. Who's going to be the poster boy of this team? Like when they're putting together pictures for guys to sell season tickets and stuff like that. It's Zarek, right? I'm not. I mean, no, I know I'm not, what I would. You know what I would do? What'd you, what would you do? I would do new kids on the block, and I would have all the new guys together, and I'd dress them up just like the new kids on the block band, and that's what and that's what I would do, and and okay. and I would and I would just go uh, I would go there and 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 make that the way it would be because they are the new kids on the block, and then um, on the top of that I would go ahead I would have new kids on the block, and I would uh, and, and I would also put right above that hanging tough, so that would be my tribute. To, uh, to to UTEP, I would do the new kids on the block hanging tough and have them all dressed like um, you know Donnie and Mark Wahlberg and and the rest of the band out there. New kids on the block. Yeah, so the 18, 19 year olds are gonna be like, what? What's new kids on the block? I've never heard of this before. But yeah, I think that's a good idea to sell some tickets, put some new faces on the poster. There you go. You got the uh, Knight Brothers, uh, Joey McIntyre, and yeah, let them let them go retro. Do a little uh, new kids on the block hanging tough because that's what they are. They all be the new kids on the block. I mean, what are you gonna do? You gonna throw? Uh, you, what are you going to do? Otherwise, you're going to put um, Kalu, Sibley, and Z on a poster and call it like Survivor uh, UTEP. What are you going to do? I mean, seriously, it's 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 like I don't know how they're going to market this. Who cares? Let's get a team first. Then you could worry about how they're going to market it, right? Yeah, it's exactly. Get some guys who are going to wear the UTEP uniform for next year. All right, we have uh, Chihuahuas baseball coming up at six. We have Jim Center coming up at five. We have Jay Jaffe coming up next. Busy show today. Great to have you on board. 915-505-6009 is the number to get into Sports Talk as we started off with Charlie Wan in this traffic update. Give the staff a chance is what I'm saying. Give them a chance to build a team before we pass judgment on everything, right? And then we can go from there. Totally with you. And and that's the same way. You, you give everybody a chance. You give them a two, three years and see what they can do. And uh, same goes for Joe Golding and staff. Well, we don't need to give uh, Jay Jaffe a chance because we know what he can deliver. He's been doing it for about the last 15 years already here on Sports Talk. Uh, I don't even know when Jay first joined us, but it's been quite a while. And now he's back. And he's got uh, a lot of great stuff up on the website of Fangraphs.com, including the latest on Pitchcom. Which, by the way, sounds really cool. It sounds high tech. Sounds kind of uh, you know the kind of technology we've been waiting for for a while, Jay. So, welcome back to the program. And uh, hard to believe uh, that opening day is less than twenty four hours from now. Yeah, pretty exciting. Uh, even though we do have some rainouts, I know that the uh, Yankees game has been rained out. For one, we were planning to kick off our um, uh, multi game chat uh, at FanGraphs with the with the one PM game, but that's been pushed to Friday. So we're going with. Uh, uh, I believe it's the Brewers. The Brewers game at at, at two twenty ah. Eastern. All right. Well, let's. You know what? That's that's okay. But weather, you can't handle weather, can you? That's part of the thing you can't uh, you can't worry about. So. You can't do a damn thing about it, unfortunately. I know. I hear you. Well, that's 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 okay. Uh, meanwhile, as we look at the start of the season and uh, what to expect uh, as far as uh, you know, teams go this year. Some teams are still wheeling and dealing, making trades. Some making big moves. Others are making little changes. But uh, I'm interested, Jay, because all of a sudden we've got major injury storylines involving the Mets, uh, involving the White Sox, and some other teams that are missing key players. Obviously, the 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 Padres with Tatis and. Some teams just keep loading up like the Dodgers that figure they might as well just keep bringing in the best players they can. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's always uh, 
uh, last-minute shopping that, that teams like to do, especially when they see you know, who might be on the bubble uh, for other teams' rosters. There are guys who are out of options who, who, who might not make the team, uh, guys with minor league opt-outs and things like that. Uh, so there's some shuffling, and uh, uh, occasionally you get young players who, you know, who, who once they've proven uh, that they are, you know, good enough to stick, um, they force a team's hand, and maybe they they punt a veteran like uh, uh, the uh, Angels uh, letting go of of Justin Upton uh, because they have so much confidence in in their young outfielders Joe Adele and and uh, uh, Jared Walsh. That's true. Uh, by the way, I like Walsh. I like Adele. I like that team. Uh, they're young. They're going to be fun. And 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 how, you know, for it seems like the entire time Mike Trout's been there, it, we talk about the Angels every year that we always have hopes for them, and then they always find a way to tank. So maybe bringing Noah Syndergaard and taking a twenty-something million dollar flyer on him is going to pay off. Yeah, you know, the pitching is pitching is is the their eternal problem, and and part of it is just they just haven't had the organizational depth. Um, you know, if, if uh, Otani's healthy, if Syndergaard is healthy, that could be a very different team. I know that uh, uh, at least one of my Fangraphs colleagues picked them uh, to win the uh, American League pennant, maybe even the, oh, even the World Series. Boy, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tip anybody's hand here. These will go up tomorrow, but uh, uh, I'm looking at the spreadsheet here because we were asked to supply our, our predictions over the weekend and then had to had to make uh, one tweak based on. Uh, we hadn't the pennant winner in the other league, so I've got the spreadsheet open here, and somebody even believes that the Angels are going to win. Uh, I like that. All right, well, that's good. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, so you're not going to give us uh, – are you going to divulge any predictions here on our weekly segment? I, I, I picked I picked the uh, – I'll say this. I picked the Blue Jays to beat the Braves in the World Series. Ah. Uh, and then I – and the other – the other real outlier pick that I that I've got here is I picked Wander Franco to win the American League MVP award. That was my big, uh, not really a shot in the dark, but but just kind of going a little bit further afield than uh, than in some of my other picks. Um, I, you know, it's tough to once you've once you've spent a month staring at projections, it's really tough to divorce yourself from those projections and uh, uh, you know do something that's just totally radical and silly. Serious question. Um, when you made your predictions and you really thought about this and put it together, had you been consuming any alcoholic beverages or was it completely sober? Oh, it's it's sober. <laughs> yeah, I don't have the luxury of uh, uh, spending too much time looking at these once I'm once once the drinking started. I had to. I think I had to do this uh, uh, in about five minutes on a uh, uh, on, okay. in the morning on uh, a couple of days ago. Well, Harry Carey made a career out of it, Jay. You know that. Yeah, he did. That's uh, not my not not quite my style. I like I like I like a couple beers now and then, but uh, uh, that's after the work is done. There you go. All right. So Jay Jaffe with us. We're talking baseball. We'll talk a little beer later here on the program. I want to get back to Pitchcom. People that don't know about Pitchcom, what they call it according to their website is the ultimate covert communication system. And this was invented by uh, a couple of guys. John Hankins, who is the co-inventor, had a degree in electrical engineering, um, along with Craig Filicetti, who uh, apparently is a guy that um, has a an MBA and was all about product development and microchip technology. So they've come up with a way now for catchers to relay pitches to pitchers and two other players using what looks like a like a I guess a watch device or like a band. And then all of a sudden they input the pitch. The pitcher gets it. You don't have to worry about sign stealing until somebody figures out a way to hack Pitchcom during a game. Right, Jay? 
Yeah, it's a, so it's like a nine-button pad that fits into a fits into an elastic sleeve that goes on the catcher's arm, and and each button corresponds to a different pitch and also to a location. You know, kind of the grids that we see uh, that divide up the strike zone into into nine different sections. So it's basically it's a two-button input. There's a cancel button. There's volume up and volume down. Uh, it doesn't even require an earpiece. These use uh, kind of a a proprietary variant of uh, uh, bone conductive technology. So so uh, uh, basically, you don't even you know that you don't even hear it. It's not even audible uh, to somebody who's standing next to you. Um, and uh, the pitcher, the catcher, the two middle infielders, and the center fielder will wear uh, the uh, receivers, uh, and the catcher has the transmitter and. Um, you know, this is this should save time. It should eliminate uh, the ability of uh, base runners to steal the signs. The question, of course, obviously is 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 the um, technology hack proof? The company claims it is. Um, you know, we'll see about that. But it is a very small amount of data that's being transmitted. And uh, um, you know, I, I was looking at the comments and in, in, uh, to, to my article and. Uh, there are people who believe that, yeah, this is this is such a minimal amount. It's going to be tough to pick up a pattern, uh, even if you did it. The, probably there might be more potential for signals to get jammed, uh, you know, which would require teams to uh, go to the old school method, uh, you know, in those situations. But uh, you know, we'll see. I don't know. We have we haven't we don't know all that we could know about this because it's just been rolled out and uh, filtered through, you know, one memo uh, that that. Uh, the Associated Press saw. So, you know, we're learning about this in bits and pieces, and we haven't seen it battle-tested yet, but the uh, reports from players are glowing. They really do, many of them really do seem to like it and uh, think that this is going to be a game-changer in more a positive with, way. More with Jay as we keep things moving, bottom of the hour, but let's go right now to uh, Adrian and get this Sports Center update. Good job, Adrian. Appreciate that. Questions coming in for Jay Jaffe. This one from Caesar Esparza on Twitter. Hey, Jay, he tweets, how good is this rookie catcher from the Orioles supposed to be? Oh, he's, uh, he's considered to be the top prospect in baseball. Um, you know, this is a guy who's going to be a, a face of the franchise player. Um, he's not going to be up to the start of the season, I don't believe, but uh, uh, he will be along sometime this summer if he's healthy. And, um, you know, this is uh, who, who the Orioles have been waiting for. Adley Rushman is his name. Adley Rushman. I, I know he's been injured a little bit during spring training. Do you expect Adley Rushman to be in contention for Rookie of the Year? Um, I think so, yeah. You know, he's going to have competition because uh, uh, both Spencer Torkelson and Julio Rodriguez are going to be on their uh, respective teams to start the year. Uh, let's see, has anybody picked Rushman to win in our group? Yeah, we got we got a couple people. Uh, picking Rushman, um, a lot of people picking Bobby Witt Jr. Yep, that's a good one. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the consensus right now is is Witt and uh, uh, and Rodriguez as as the top two contenders. But uh, yeah, I think Rushman. You know, if he plays, he's he's this is a guy who's who people like a lot, and uh, uh, we have him. Let's see, did we have him number one on our list? Yeah, we had him as the as the overall number one prospect. Uh, you know, a, a perennial all-star type type catcher and a and a, and a uh, superlative defender at a premium position. 
uh, switch hitter with power and uh, charismatic team leader. Good job, Caesar. Appreciate the question for Jay. Well done there. Uh, by the way, give me your thoughts on the five-year, $124 million extension for uh, Guardians all-star third baseman uh, Jose Rodriguez. I'm R- yeah, Ramirez, I, mean, Ramirez. I mean, they absolutely had to do this because if they didn't, you might as well just contract the franchise. I mean, you've, you've gone through all the trouble to rebrand uh, as the Guardians, um, but that roster is just looking grim. Yes, they've got some good pitching, um, but they've just paired payroll to the bone to such an extent that it's just a, just not a particularly compelling team, particularly if you were to trade Ramirez. This gives them somebody to build around. He's been one of the best players in the league for, for the better part of the last half decade, and he's still young enough that uh, – um, you know, that he could be one of the best for a few more years. I agree with that. By the way, there are some other good extensions. Uh, Ryan Presley, I like the two-year $30 million extension from the Astros. He's one of the more consistent closers uh, in the game, and and that made a, a lot of sense, too. Uh, and then one of our former uh, Chihuahuas, Manny Margot, gets a two-year $19 million contract from the Tampa Bay Rays. Good to see they spend a little money before they decided to trade him like they trade everybody else. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a really good defender. I, can't, I looked at his numbers when I was uh, – uh, riding up the right fielders for our positional power ranking series. And that bat's okay. It's kind of a platoon player, but uh, um, there's a lot to like about him. I know that the Rays do think very highly of him, um, but you're right. Eventually, uh, he'll go the way of all good Rays players, or most good Rays players, which is probably yep. on a, a trade to somewhere else. Did you like the Meadows trade for the Tigers? Yes, I did. I did. Um, I think that that's... Uh, um, you know they're going to be a, they're going to be an interesting team. Uh, they need those pitchers, to, uh, those young pitchers, uh, Casey Mize and, and Matt Manning and uh, 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 Scoble uh, to to come around. But uh, um, there's a lot to like there. I agree with that. We're talking baseball right now with a Jay Jaffe here on Sports Talk. What about uh, Sunday morning baseball games on Peacock? Um, you know, I guess. That's great. Uh, I am not a subscriber to Peacock. And oh, you're missing no out. You are missing yeah, out. There's absolutely no way I'm going to find the time to watch uh, baseball on Sunday mornings. Um, you know, I think the the way that the you know the, the Major League Baseball is carving this up with you know distributing games on so many platforms, I think there's a danger of you know alienating the common fan. Um, I want to see them do something about the blackout restrictions that that yeah, prevent yeah. people from from seeing games in their in, you know in their home market over MLB uh, TV and 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 stuff like that. This is you know this is it, this is not that compelling to me. I'm you know I know that there's going to be games on Apple TV. The Yankees are putting games on Amazon Prime, local games on Amazon Prime that used to be on uh, network TV. Um, you know I, they're just making it they're making it less accessible rather than more accessible. So listen to this. You know, in El, in El Paso, we're blacked out with the Rangers and the Astros, right? But if you live 30 minutes from here in Las Cruces, not only are you blacked out on MLB TV for the Astros and uh, the uh, Rangers, but you're also blacked out, forget this, the Diamondbacks and the Padres. So for some reason, weird reason, in the state of New Mexico, like Las Cruces, yeah. you're losing out on four teams every night. Oh, Iowa, if you're in Iowa, you lose out on 37% of all televised games. Oh, my God. That is it's unbelievable. Like, every, like, practically the entire central divisions of both, of both leagues. That's terrible. That is absolutely yeah. terrible. All right. Well, uh, your pick is 
Um, Blue Jays over the Braves to win the World Series. I like that. Do we have a uh, an MVP pick from the American League from the Blue Jays, or do you think it's just going to be uh, somebody that's a little more mainstream? Like no, I uh, picked, you know, I, picked uh, I, I picked uh, Wander Franco for my AL well, MVP. That's right. That was you told me. That's what you said. That was that was the yeah. That's a that's a good pick. That's a bold pick, actually. Yeah, that's so. a, I think I'm, I'm the only uh, I'm the only one on Fangraphs mm-hmm. uh, to, out of our twenty three. Uh, People who've submitted the only one who's got that. I've got one. So do like several other, um, several of my colleagues do it uh, uh, in the NL. And I've got Bueller and Cole. Didn't go too far afield on the uh, uh, Cy Youngs. And I've got um, uh, Rodriguez and Seiya Suzuki as my rookies of the year. Before we get to your beer pick, what was it like uh, watching your daughter play t-ball for the first time ever? Oh, it wasn't this was not the first time. This is her. Th- this is actually her third season. Uh, oh, okay. she did. Uh, she did um uh she did spring ball and fall ball last year but uh uh she she was very enthusiastic this year and uh made some good defensive plays you know when they when they they let her uh field the field the pitcher spot and she made a bunch of good defensive stops and I was the one handling the uh uh the throwback uh to the plate and she made it, she made some good throws and she was really into that part of it and that was great to see her engaged. Awesome. Awesome. All right, opening day is right around the corner. What beer are we going to be enjoying here for opening day? Oh, uh it's okay. This is this is one that I've been looking forward to. It is the Torch and Crown Bat Flip. Uh it's a it's an ale, but it's not an IPA. Um this is let's see here. I just had I just had it up. Oh. I know. Where did that go? Where did that's that go? okay. I, I see it actually. Okay, here, yeah, here it is. Okay, this is this is a a spring ale, and it is uh, it, it uses uh, it's a, a double dry hop Citra and Nelson uh, with notes of melon, mango, and lemon. Uh, this is a really drinkable beer. Uh, I first had it in 2020. Um, the bat they, and they, they actually referenced referenced the uh, the Korean baseball organization on it. Uh, with their bat flips and and, and uh, gave a shout out to uh, uh, the KBO, which was at the time really kind of our salvation as far as as far as live baseball. So I, I have such a soft spot in my heart for this beer, and uh, glad to see it back. And it really does remind me of opening day. I like the can design too. Very cool. Very fantastic very cool. can design. One of my favorite cans of all time. No doubt about it. You can go to uh, torchandcrown.com and check out Bat Flip, uh, which uh, Jay just reviewed a moment ago. Checking in at 5.4%, so a perfect session beer for you to enjoy on opening day. Jay, well done as always. Enjoy the time, and uh, look forward to having you back. Back next week. All right. Sounds great, Steve. Thanks. Jay Jaffe, folks, as we continue here on Sports Talk. Coming up in 20 minutes, Jim Center, Director of Athletics for UTEP. He'll be with us in our Lubingo studios as Sports Talk continues right here. 600 ESPN El Paso. 46 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Looking forward to seeing Jim Center walk in in a little bit. Can't wait, Adrian. I'm excited about the garage sale on Friday. I will probably be front and center at 10 o'clock waiting to pick up some items. Who knows what, but looking forward to adding to my UTEP collection uh, Friday morning. It's going to be some great stuff, no doubt, Steve. Uh, I'm looking forward to attending this as well. Uh, I'm definitely looking to get some early Christmas presents, get some presents for myself, uh, just some maybe some gear that's out there that you can get. And, uh, yeah, I mean, those between the jerseys, the shirts that are out there, the apparel, there's a lot of great stuff out there for minor fans to enjoy and to check out at the garage sale. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rip City Trades just tweeted, Tim Floyd got major heat for his departures. This is a complete gut. 
Um, the difference to me between what happened with Floyd and what happened now is, number one, the portal's totally different than it was five years ago. you got to understand that, Rip City Trades. Everybody's in the portal now. Everybody. Around college basketball. And in those days, there was there was a lot of turnover around college basketball, but it was it was unusually high at UTEP. It it just was, and you didn't. And players couldn't just come and go as freely as they did, but they were doing it anyway. I mean, that was the thing. So, you know, look, um, the portals obviously turned into much more than it was then. Now, um, but I get the idea. But you got to realize something, okay? When we talked about the portal for UTEP this season, number one. You were hoping to keep guys that had been here two or three years, okay? Some four years. I mean, think about it. You know, um, Sule, Titus, possibly Keontae, they all set out that first year, and then they played the last three. So uh, the truth is um, you're lucky to keep them as long as you did, all right? And number one. And number two, there are other guys that the uh, coaching staff missed on, okay, they missed on Bonky. They missed on Giffa. Um, they inherited Emmanuel White, but he wasn't doing anything. And you got to get rid of those scholarships right now. You you can't afford to have guys on your on your roster that aren't going to contribute. So when you combine players that you missed on with guys that have been here the last two or three years that are either looking to graduate, play pro, or play someplace else. Um, you're going to have a mass exodus. That's that's just the reality of the situation. And I think that this coaching staff does deserve blame for getting guys in last year that they didn't that, that didn't work out. But you want to know something? That's going to happen every year in all college basketball teams. You're going to see it everywhere now because you're going to be grabbing so many guys. And and by the way, if you don't believe how big the portal is, just look at it right now. Look at it. Uh, go to a verbal commits. Go check out the portal. Go look at every school in the country and what they're dealing with. And that's big. Again, when UTEP had their problems with the portal with Floyd, not everybody in the country was dealing with the same problems back then. They weren't. Some had it. Others didn't. Now they all have it. Okay? They all have it. And the truth is, um, the portal is a problem for everybody in college basketball now. It wasn't five years ago. It is now. Okay? It was getting to a point where it was going to be an issue now it is. And I'm going to tell you something. NIL has not helped matters. All right? What the NIL did is it made the portal even worse because now teams can actively go out and recruit players legally using NIL dollars, which they couldn't do before. Before it was all under the table money. That's why the investigations happened. Sean Miller, everybody else, all that money under the table. Now it's legal. All you got to do is set up an NIL corp for your um, friends of the program, and you can throw NIL dollars at players. So think about that. You didn't have that five years ago. Now you have it. And that's making players leave even more uh, frequent than, than they did before. Hey, the the Rip City Trades uh, argument is totally wrong, Steve. Um, here's a great stat that I just looked up. Jason Green from The Prospector uh, reported back in 2018, in seven years uh, at the helm of the minors, Floyd saw 24 players transfer away from the program, but during the 2017 offseason, eight players departed from the program. It's a gut right there. It is. It is. So, yeah. And when eight players left, we talked about it. You all know the rest.
of what happened. Hey, because uh, Jifa uh, just entered the portal. Oh, about time. I thought he couldn't find the portal. I was worried he didn't know where to go. So at least Keza found the portal. Thank God. Oh, good, breaking news right there. Good luck to uh, Keza. I mean, that's, you know, we, we knew that was happening, folks. We knew. We knew. So, you know, the ones you wanted to keep, you wanted to keep Sule. You would like to have kept Titus. You would like to have kept the enemy. You would like to have kept Agnew, okay? But they've all been here for a while now, two, three, four years. There's only so much you can ask of these guys. It's the truth. I give Rodney Terry a lot of credit. They brought in players as sophomores that they knew were locked up here for uh, two to three years. They couldn't go anywhere. And that's you know what? That was a smart play. A smart play a few years ago. Really was. All right. I've got full phone lines. My um, Facebook account is locked. So, Adrian, talk me through our first call. We'll go from there. All I saw was Rob. Who's up first? All right. Let's go to John uh, as we continue here. 52 past the hour. John, what's happening, man? How are you? Doing great, Steve. Lakers are at home for the playoffs and Spurs are going. Congratulations, John. I mean, it's going to make you great. thrilled. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I didn't even expect to make the playoffs for the Spurs this year. Well, that's a pleasant Especially surprise. around, you know, January. I was like, okay, you know, they made all those trades. Yep. You know, I'm like, okay, that's it. Look forward to the future. And it's even going to get better. How far are they going to go? Because i got to get to more calls. How far are they going to go in the playoffs, the Spurs? I, I think they're at least going to make the first round. I think Memphis is going to win the West this year. Ah, all right. Memphis win the because West. Because of what like they're that. doing without Morant. It's been amazing. It's, we talked about that a couple it, days ago when Drew called in. It's been incredible. I agree with you. I totally agree. Oh, yeah, it, it, it has been crazy what they've been doing this year. Appreciate the phone I mean, call. I'd like to see him, you know, win it all, but we'll see. All right. You know. Thank you, John. Thank you. Yeah. Let's keep moving. Brian from downtown is next. 505-6009 here on Sports Talk. That's 505-6009, our telephone number. Brian, what's going on? All right. Can we all stop whining about the portal now? I mean, you know, come on. Really? Is that all we – the snivel factor has really gotten deep, I'll tell you. You know, the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. Sure. It's pretty disingenuous for us to complain about guys leaving our program because of the portal when we got them from the portal in the first place. That's true. We, we've benefited from the portal, and now, uh, yes, we're losing from the portal. That's 100% right. Yeah, enough already. I'm sure there are other things to talk about. There's nothing you can do about it. How about we talk about, how about we talk about opening day tomorrow? Oh, man. My Dodgers are looking pretty strong. I mean, you know, I mean, talk about the portal. <laughs> yeah, that, that portal is really helping the Dodgers out, right? We're, that's the, uh, that's the perfect portal. Dodgers, I've got to say. Yeah, the, Do- the Dodgers have played the free agent portal like champions, haven't they? You know, they really – I don't think there's anybody out there that they want that they haven't gotten. You know, I agree. I mean, Freeman, yeah. I'm just a little concerned of some of the players that I, that I really, really have gotten to love and respect that there just might not be room for them on the roster. You know, some of the, some of the guy, the holdovers that are, that are, re, that are great ish, you know, but I understand maybe not hall of famers, you know, like Muncie and yeah. uh, you know, uh, Muncie's got to be the utility infielder because uh, first place is taken Freeman's first base. Yeah, he could play some second. Muncie could play some second. And he could oh, play no, he some can. third. I'm just saying, so, yeah. yeah, but they got to yeah. look who they got at first base true, anyway. True. I'm just saying, that some of these players that have been around and helped the Dodgers win the World Series and have been 
you know, for the uh, stalwarts for the last three, four years, you know, uh, they may not be around anymore Good because point. of the new blood they're bringing in. And I, uh, and I'll bemoan that, you know, I hate, I hate to see a game where a guy that I really loved and was a great Dodger come in and play for another team. That that's always bothered me. Appreciate you, Brian. I got Duck and Rob before we wrap up the hour. Thanks for the call, Rob. Go ahead. You get the final word here in our four o'clock hour. Thanks for the call. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I just um, wanted to leave a comment about uh, the recent transfers. It's, it's happening all over college basketball, but um, as far as UTEP, I think uh, I, I don't know. I think that list of, of that there was a comprehensive list that Adrian did a really good job of putting out of all the players that UTEP had offered, and I, it just looks like uh, Joe Golding offered about ten players, and those guys that are leaving the last two days have kind of saw the writing on the wall as far as uh, Golden getting his brand of, of basketball players in. And um, I, I think some, and I think uh, he alluded to it very cryptically uh, after the last game. Um, and Adrian talked about it extensively on Minor Talk. A lot of guys were going to leave, and, and he was right. He knew it, and, uh, and he's preparing accordingly. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, what type of players he goes out and gets. We are, um, too. that's it. I think. Appreciate you, Rob. Thanks for the call. All right, we got to wrap up hour number one. Jim Center is going to join us next in studio, front and center, to begin our 5 o'clock hour as Sports Talk continues. Start of hour number two here on Sports Talk as we continue. Adrian, are you excited about having Jim Center here in our uh, 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Studios? Steve, I'm pumped to know all about the garage sale and talk to UTEP Director of Athletics in this one. This is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for this coming up. I agree with you. In fact, uh, I'm excited about this. The man is, is here He's brought a special visitor as well. He's got a guest with him. Hey, you you always come along. I'm impressed you actually showed up today bringing somebody. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, Steve. It's great, great to be here. I brought uh, John Whale, who's been an intern for us in the executive committee this uh, spring semester. Good. Doing a great job. We gave him about 20 different projects to work on, and he's knocking them out before he, uh, he gets done with his internship. Oh, I like that. Good job. So way to go, John. Good to see you. Good to meet you. And um, it looks like your internships are working out well, too, right? You like you guys are doing well with that. Th- things, things are going good, Steve. I, I'm excited as we come down the, uh, the home stretch here in uh, the school year is about to close out. we still got some kids competing and doing well. And uh, obviously track and field and the outdoor uh, uh, group is doing well. And then obviously softball. Then we have men's and women's golf. So we're just about to close it up. Good. And the portal's getting fun, too. Now things are getting a little more interesting. Yeah, I, got, I mean, every day, that's all everybody talks about. And I know on the show earlier, you are talking to callers and, and talking about the portal. There's no question that the portal has changed the dynamics of college athletics. Yes. I, I think everybody realizes that and they see it. Um, people have asked me, am I worried about it? No, and I think you had a previous caller that was talking about, hey, uh, we got players from the portal too. So we're losing them to the portal. We're getting them from the portal. It is You, you, could, call it, uh, you could call it portal high school you. Uh, the bottom line is uh, players are, are being recruited out of the portal just like you recruited junior college or a high school. That's just another platform to recruit players. It's giveth and it's taken away yeah. is what it's yeah. done. It's done to both, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think the, the other thing that people don't realize is, and many of the young men that have decided to leave our program would have exhausted their eligibility at the end of this season. Yeah. But because of COVID, most have ended up with two additional years, right? Uh, and, and so between being a grad transfer, uh, having extra COVID years of eligibility, there's a lot more kids that can play a lot more places and extend their playing life. 100%. Uh, and that's what we're seeing. 100% agree. So 
I mean, it's it. We we're, we're not. But here's the thing: we're not surprised. No, we've told people listening to this show for the last two or three weeks: expect a mass exodus. That's just that was what we were here. That's what's going to happen. It's exactly what's happened. And now people are panicking. Where I said, listen, this is what we're we were trying to brace you for this because we kind of yeah. had, we we knew this was coming. I was just I thought it was going to happen two weeks ago and not now. But hey, it's you know it's it's eventually uh, affected UTEP the way it's affected just about every other program around the country. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what it, what extended this. In and it didn't happen sooner was the fact that we had the postseason play, right? And we played in the two games, and that stretched out another seven to ten days, uh, or, or else that probably would have happened a lot sooner, right after the close of the season in the Conference USA basketball tournament. Absolutely right, and that's and that's the truth. Um, and instead, they, they you know it was the uh, college basketball classic and two games. And you're right, after that, then exit interviews. You had the dead period as well, and everything just was kind of delayed by a few extra days. That's yep. all. Yep, that that's exactly right. You know, and, and one of the things uh, I was talking to you off air just a few minutes ago that I, I don't know if everybody really realizes, but, you know, any basketball coach that's getting hired right after the Final Four, like Coach Golding did, you know, this time a year ago, the bottom line is recruiting, you put in years in recruiting student-athletes and developing those relationships, either with their high school coaches, their club coaches, or the kids themselves and their their folks. When a coach gets a new job, it's like you start from scratch. And let's just say that 80 to 90% of all the kids are already committed Right, because of those relationships. And Joe might have been recruiting a kid at, at Abilene Christian who wasn't going to be able to play at this level, right? Or, or vice versa. Uh, you take somebody from this level who's going to the next level. They, the kids they're recruiting probably aren't good enough to play at the next level. So you're really starting from scratch and you're starting behind the eight ball, and there's only maybe 10, 15% of the players left, and you're just, you're just getting what you can get. That's and I don't true. say that to be disparaging of the, the young men that we did get. But there's no question, if you had 18 months recruiting a student-athlete, you're probably going to do better than if you had uh, six weeks or, or two months. And of the and, and potentially of the players that could be sticking around, a couple of them, guys like Kevin Kalu and Jabari Sibley, were recruited by Joe Golding and staff this past season. That, were, that's correct. Know, and, and Z, and, and, you know. Yep, Z's another one. Well, Z was a holdover, but Z also really saw playing time for the first time in his career last season versus right. the prior years. Yep. No, so. that, that, that's exactly right. I, I can just tell you, I am so proud of Coach Golding and his staff and what they got accomplished this year. Uh, obviously, getting the job late, getting, getting a staff put together, getting the student-athletes in, keeping the kids that he could keep. And then, and then they got so much mileage out of that team. I mean, it was quite remarkable and really fun to watch. You know, yeah. those last couple of games in the Don Haskins Center when our fans showed up and uh, created a great atmosphere. So thank you to our fans for being there. But really, kudos to Joe Golding for getting everything that he can get out of those kids. Before I start talking about the garage sale with you, uh, this is from Leo underscore Miners fan. He said um, he'd like to ask you if, uh, this question, if possible, although he doesn't sure he's not sure if you would know. So the question is, uh, I know everyone is talking about what's going on. Allow me to deflect. How does one get their own emoji next to their hashtag, such as, like, hashtag Go Miners? And then there's, like, a little emoji next to the Go Miners. Can UTEP get one before someone claims one uh, that UTEP uses, such as picks up? Meaning when you'll sometimes see the Super Bowl and you'll do hashtag Super Bowl and you'll see the little Super Bowl logo or let's go Mets, LGM, and you see the Mets logo right next to that. So could UTEP get a special hashtag that, let's say, has a pick 
or Pater Pete or something that's iconic with UTEP next to the hashtag? I think that's the question that Leo's asking. You about. bet. Well, well, Leo, what I would tell you is you're asking absolutely the right guy uh, about the wrong topic. Uh, but, but what I could tell you is I'm looking at John, our intern, saying, John, you've got to come up with the answer to this uh, so that we can go back and see if, if that's possible. If it can be done, it would be great to do it. I, I, don't, I, I don't use something like that right now. I'm not sure that I know exactly what, he's, what Leo's talking about and yeah. referring to, but certainly if it can be done, it's a matter of either you have to pay to have it created or you have to create it and then license it or copyright it in some way so it doesn't get copied. But I, I don't know how it all works. We can find out, though. UTEP intern John uh, here with us right now. John, what is the uh, process that you could think of right now? Any idea about how this would work? I'm thinking maybe go to, like, John Washington or Jamie and then have them create, a like, the symbol and then... I guess you would actually, like what Jim said, you had to go through trademarking and stuff. Sure. And then talk to Twitter and see if Twitter will help you out too, right? Something <laughs> yeah. like that. Twitter. Sounds like It sounds like it's a big process. It really does. Well, I can call my buddy Elon. He now owns 10% of Twitter, so Elon will probably hook, hook us up. <laughs> I would hope so. That'd yeah. be great. I, I, don't, I don't know if the Texas Longhorns have uh, like a hashtag with like the little uh, Longhorn logo next to it. I have no idea if that's the case either. So yeah, I don't most either. of the times, you know what we do? We find that uh, pickaxe emoji that's on the emojis, and we usually use that because that's uh, it's free. It's on the emoji board, and we've kind of adopted that as well. Yeah, and, and that's what I use all the time when I, when I put stuff out. Now, uh, garage sale. Friday, right before the spring game, starts at 10 a.m. Uh, this is uh, going to be something that's going to be pretty exciting, isn't it, for a lot of minor fans, especially those that have been waiting and waiting and waiting to get their hands on some of the uh, coolest uh, merchandise possible. Yeah, Steve, you know, you and I have talked for, since I got here, I think, you know, nearly five years ago uh, about uh, the fans' desire to have some unique gear, some uh, some jerseys, uniforms, anything they can get their hands on, right, yes. that they can't seem to find in the bookstore or, or uh, you know, in a, in a retail outlet. So this is really something we've been talking Talking about and trying to pull together for a while. Uh, many other schools, uh, you know, do these kinds of garage sales with leftover gear. What I will say though is, it's not like UTEP orders, uh, let's just say, twenty thousand extra units of something every single year. We don't. We run a really, really tight, lean equipment budget, right? But these are things that we have accumulated, and things can't go through. Uh, in other words, we just can't give out gear or give it away. Uh, because it has to go through the university's uh, surplus and dispersal process, right? But we're doing this in accordance with it, and we and we talked to campus, got their approval to do this. Uh, so it's open to the public from 10 o'clock until it's all gone, but we'll probably conclude at 6 when the spring yeah. game starts. But what they're going to see is uh, jerseys from just about all of our different sports, right? Orange, blue, white, you name it, we've got them. Um, you're going to see things like uh, extra shorts. You might see outsized or oversized tennis shoes. Um, and, and it's going to be really pretty neat. There's some older retro stuff in there. And people, if they get there and they look at it, they're going to go, wow, look at this. And they're going to hold stuff up. Now, I want to make sure everybody understands, we, we have no dressing rooms, all right? And we have no return policy. There's no what refunds, you, right. no returns. What you buy. Right? That's you, right. Now, are you accepting credit cards or cash only? No, both. Cash and credit cards. Okay. Um, how far back do you go? Like uh, these jerseys, these items, how many years are, have some of these been in storage? I, I think there's stuff that's at least 10 to 15 years old, at least. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So people are going to look at it and go, oh, my God, I remember when, when the team used to wear this, right? Vintage uh, stuff. Vintage stuff, and, and a lot of it's in good shape. Some of it is... 
there could be like there there could be an article that is brand new and never been worn, but because we change the color or we change the uniform style, the next year, then there it is. You don't. Ha- you, you, what do you do with it, right? Yeah, exactly. So it never got used, and then there'll be some that were used, and we've had to take the name off the backs uh, because we can't sell somebody's name, you know, without their permission. That's on true. A, on a jersey. Oh, this is amazing. Yeah, it's, like it's a, really cool. This is like a gold mine. Hate to use those words because of uh, you know miners, but it is like a gold mine right now for people. Adrian, what do you think? I'm in, Steve. I don't care if it's oversized stuff or oversized what, whatever, Jim. I'm I'm all in. I think that you guys are gonna uh, put some nice throwback stuff out there and some really cool things that minor fans can capitalize on. Yeah. So there there are some brand new, as an example, brand new tennis shoes. There are football cleats. Uh, you know, but you know, it's not like there's a whole lot of kids running around looking for size 15 cleats, yeah. right? I mean, so there's some things like that. Uh, that people are going to go, oh my God, you can get this right here, and it'll probably be at a at a hundred dollar discount from what you'd buy it at uh, you know uh, Dick Sporting Goods or something. But you could buy it, take it to the spring game, get it autographed, and yeah. now you've got yourself a nice piece of memorabilia to hang on the wall. That's exactly right. I- I'd be looking for maybe a number thirty three jersey or something. Get Dion Hankins to sign one. That would be cool, uh, you know, or Gavin Hardison's. Why not? Yeah. I mean, you could fi- you could find it there. It's yep. very possible that that could be there. And the truth is, because you know what, I'm in a break. I, I was going to. I'll save this truth. I'll save this truth when we come back. Okay. okay we'll do Garage that. sale truths by Steve Garage Kaplan. Garage sale truths. That's exactly more with Jim Center <laughs> as we continue. Uh, but first, let's go to Charlie One and get this traffic update. All right, Garage sale truths as we continue here on Sports Talk. Back with uh, Jim Center and uh, his his intern how what, how long does the internship end when is it when is it end till may may 4th we're going to keep right. around till may 4th when he uh, when he gets done with his last class and then he'll have his master's degree and nice. and then we'll see where his career takes him from there john what did you do your undergrad work uh, Ryder university in new jersey you went from you, how'd you get from Ryder to utep I'm from new jersey yeah what part of jersey uh the jersey shore are you really yeah <laughs> Very nice. Springsteen. I like that. So he said he really likes it here because we have lots of beaches, yeah. but he's a little bit uh, he's a little bit discouraged because we have no water. How did you find UTEP of all places? A, a New Jersey native like yourself. you have any family here? No, I was just emailing some athletic directors. Um, <laughs> nice I actually team. like Jim the best, so that's cool. I'm out here. And have you enjoyed El Paso? Yeah, it's pretty cool out here. Totally different than New Jersey. No, it's crazy different. Yeah, I know. That's exactly. All right. Good good stuff. I like that. I like the fact that you've got uh, – have you had an intern since you first arrived, or is this something new? Uh, no, really something new. All right. Good. Um, garage sale truths. We've got a few, don't we? Um, advice. I want to know if people have advice for uh, for Jim at uh, 915-505-6009, what advice they would give him for a garage sale, especially how to handle the crowds, what to do in terms of uh, the, the whole pricing things. Uh, will you be making deals like garage sales? Because normally when I do a garage sale, I've got prices listed, and then after a certain time, I'm like, ah, just uh, here it is, a half price, three, just take it. I, yeah, yeah, it. Exactly. Do you, I don't want to pack it back up. So yeah. here's what I tell you is, what you do you know, I, I love – I love uh, doing garage sales, right? And and uh, and it's kind of like the art of the deal, right? You know, it is. Because everybody wants to feel good about a deal, but we don't feel like we're in a position to be able to negotiate these prices uh, <laughs> with, with the staff that we have that's going to be manning the tables and helping people. And, and so really the price is the price. So no haggling, no negotiating, no deals. It's not like uh, the swap meet at the right. flea market. That's right. right. And, and, what, and because the other thing is because we're basically following the dispersal rules, we can't just give it away at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah, so sense. we don't have the ability to do that. At some point, we'll say, all right, we've getting, gotten rid of everything that we can get rid of. And then, Lord willing, we can do this again. If it's next year or another year after that, then we'll bring it all back out until eventually it's all gone. It all. Yeah. And, then you, and then you get to add to it because you get to take the current year and add to that's it right. for next year and go keep going there. Yep, that's right. 
I like that. All right, um, this is great. We've we did hear in the release a dollar to forty dollars. Is that what pretty much what you what you've been told as far as pricing goes? Yes, I wasn't involved with any of the pricing. Our our staff did that, particularly out of the business office. So I know you can imagine. I'm guessing something for a dollar might be something as small as headbands, wristbands, yeah. or or maybe a, a pair of socks. Quite possibly. Uh, to, to the to my knowledge, there's no gear that is probably. Um, well, I, I don't know. Now that I say that, I was going to say that there's probably no gear that that would be something that is worn that you would go, oh, I would never put that on. I don't think we have, you know, it's not, it's not like undergarment gear and those kinds of things. No athletic supporters. Yeah, no athletic supporters like jocks and those <laughs> kinds of things. But but I mean, as an example, are are there basketball shorts or something that somebody's worn? Yeah, there are. Two Tall Jones' jockstrap once sold in an auction for a couple thousand bucks. No and, way. Oh, absolutely it did. It was autographed. So, yeah, it was It was not from his football career. It was, like, from his boxing, boxing? career. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was this huge oversized jockstrap, and it was just <laughs> autographed uh, by uh, Too Tall. I was like, you know what? You can sell anything, man. You can absolutely sell anything. How? Uh, so, so this starts at 10. It's going to go um, you know, through the day and end at 6 for the spring game. And then right. um, it's a perfect tie-in, right? This really is. And maybe it'd be really cool if the garage sale always precedes the spring game. This could be a new tradition for you. It, it could. It, it could. You know, one of the things we want to be able to do, because the spring game is ticketed this year, Steve, is uh, you know when people come and we open up the gates for the spring game at 5, mm-hmm. then uh, they'll have to get a ticket there at the ticket window to get into the game, and then they can go to the garage sale. But one of the other things prior to that that we're going to be doing, if people want to fill out uh, you know a piece of paper and we take their information, you know, so we're going to be able to uh, to give uh, in raffle one of our football helmets away That's to everybody awesome. that comes if they if they choose to and they want to participate in the raffle, they'll be able to have a chance to win a football uh, helmet. And I think everybody who buys an item in the garage sale will be entered into the drawing too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, as long as they fill out their right, you know, their information. The now, absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, well, listen. So everybody loves a helmet. That's that is a centerpiece item as Absolutely. far as, uh, as as far as any trophy room or sports bar or room goes. So that's a really cool thing too. Yep. Um, you love garage sales. So what is the when we talk about garage sale truths for you? Uh, what is the best advice that you would give fans just from your garage sale experience? Okay, I, I have I have the best advice right here, and that is. Your stuff is worth what someone's willing to pay for it. Not right. not what you paid for at retail, not That's what right. you bought for wholesale. When you really find out what your stuff is worth is when someone says, I'll give you $2 for that. It doesn't matter you paid 20 right? And so yeah, and right. I've done a lot of these things in my years. My wife can't stand it. But I'll be out there. I'm like, no, nah, I, I know what I paid for that. I can't let that go for $2 until you get to the end and, and 20 people have offered you $2 and you've turned it down. You finally said, I'm going to have to give the dang thing away because I'm sick of it, right? Uh, But your feelings are hurt. But your stuff is worth what somebody will pay for it. You have over 2,000 items. Yeah. That's what's amazing. There's a lot of stuff. It sounds like it. Um, Every every sport's represented, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. That's fun. What are we going to find out in the garage stuff from the UTEP rifle team? Ooh, you you know what? Now, that's a a really good question. I don't know if we have anything from rifle. That's a great great one. Because obviously they have bullets, and we're not going to be getting rid of any guns. No, uh, spent shells maybe. Do they have but jerseys? Do they actually? Does rifle have a jersey they wear? No, they don't. They have a uniform that's more like a straitjacket. It's just amazing. They're very, very unique, yeah. and they're very, very expensive because they're they're built specifically for your body type. So it's custom made, and they're they zip up and they're really, really tight. So basically, you're trying to create stability in your in your poses. I right? got you. Maybe so, we have maybe we have rifle glasses. Maybe there's a you know used rifle glasses. 
is. Who knows? Yeah, but I mean, we'll see if anything is in there from Rifle. If not, we'll probably have to go find something so we can say we had every single sport represented. There you go. Yeah. Well, I saw some gorgeous um, UTEP warm-ups for uh, cross-country and track. Those were beautiful. Yep. And then you also had some, I saw some Jumpman items back when uh, UTEP was wearing the uh, Nike Jumpman. That was kind of cool, too. The Jordan logo, because yep. saw that, too, in there. Do we have anything pre-Nike? Anything from the Adidas years? That was actually a question from one of our listeners because he's a huge Adidas guy, and I know UTEP's a Nike school, so is it all Nike gear, or are there others as well? I, I cannot I cannot confirm nor deny that. I, uh-huh. I honestly don't know how okay. far back you have to go to, to, to determine if we had uh, Adidas stuff, okay. So, but I would be shocked if it's not in there, truly. Adidas would probably go back, I'll tell you right now, Give or take. Let's see. Mike Price came here. That's when UTEP became a Nike school. That was 04. So it would have to probably be about 19, 20 years old. Okay. Yeah. It would not surprise me for there to be some. Right. Uh, in, fact, I'm, in fact, I'm almost positive that there, the one jacket I saw hanging up in there today was from Rawlings. That's uh, it, it was a, It was a really cool-looking jacket. Yeah, Adrian Rawlings. I love it. I've seen some Randall UTEP stuff in the past, uh, some alternate, some champion brand UTEP stuff in the past as well. So. I've seen Sandnit McGregor from the 70s. I have no clue what that is. You don't know what that, back in the, okay. I don't want to date you, but I'm dating myself. <laughs> but, Jim, remember back in the days when everybody wore McGregor and Sandnit? That was like the yeah. official, authentic, like, college gear back in those days? Yep. Yep, so, so it's like kind of like Sansa belts, uh, coaching slacks, and yeah. you know stuff like that. Antigua is it, exactly. It's before the days of really Nike, uh, Under Armour, Reebok, and Adidas, and all those other, other brands. That's what happens. So, uh, point is, Friday you can get a chance to take advantage of the garage. So all the money goes to the Utah Athletic Department. Then we got the spring game. There's a lot of buzz going right now. And by the way, congratulations! I love the new Utah football schedule. I think that when this. CUSA went from 14 to 11. UTEP made out like bandits getting that zero-week game against North Texas and not having to start the season against Oklahoma. Now you get the home game in conference to begin things. I thought the schedule worked out really to your advantage. Yeah, I, I was I was really, really pleased. And to be honest with you, I didn't know what it was going to be like because the conference uh, had not given us any indication that they were even working on a schedule. So as soon as they came up with a settlement, then they were able to uh, say, okay, hey, we got an AD's meeting the next day, and we're, and we're going to talk about scheduling and so that happened very very quickly but I think it turned out about as good as it possibly could uh, obviously playing North Texas we're, we're becoming more and more competitive with North Texas and yes. developing a little bit of a rivalry I think even though we haven't beaten them but but I feel like it's it's right on the cusp but having a game under our belt before we go to Oklahoma I think will be very advantageous for us I agree and uh, and then having the two bye weeks spread throughout the season especially you know, in October November you never have two bye weeks like that yeah that no that that's exactly right so obviously UAB is one of the better teams in Conference USA and we don't play them that's true right so I, I'm really pleased uh, by it. I really am. I am too. I think it's. A, I think it worked out perfectly for you, and uh, you do have seven games before the first bye week, and it's a lot of games, but when you really have those big ones that matter in the conference, that's when these bye weeks are going to separate things, and th- that could really come in handy yeah. later in the year if you're, if uh, UTEP is having a chance to try to play for a, uh, a conference championship. Yeah, there's, there's no question it will, and I mean, there's, I, I think our, our 
schedule is probably more challenging than it's been, particularly with our non-conference, uh, you know, slate with Oklahoma. And then, you know, New Mexico State's going to come in here with a new coach and with a lot of, uh, a lot of passion, right, yeah. trying to beat us at our place. And then we're going to go to New Mexico. I'm not sure they would like to pay us back for beating them here. And, and that'll be a great game. I hope our fans turn out and we put as many fans up in Albuquerque as we did for the bowl game. Absolutely. Right? We could take over their stadium. The you truth could. is, if our minor fans would show up, we could take over their stadium because they don't draw that well up there, I, right? That's right. So I, there's a lot, so many good reasons to do it. Yeah. And when you get there for the spring game, you can also look at tickets and potentially look to try to put yourself in a spot for the 2022 football yep. season. A lot of good things coming up. Yep. No, that, that's absolutely right. You know, obviously having Boise State back here will be a big game for us. I mean, I know they beat up on us and blooded our nose pretty good this last year, but uh, we're, we're, we're a better football team than we showed up there. They didn't get to see our best – our best effort up there, but they're going to see it this coming year when they come here to our place, I promise you. We'll wrap things up with Jim in a moment as we continue, but first, bottom of the hour, right back to Adrian in this Sports Center update. Thank you very much. More questions coming in right now on Twitter for Jim. Uh, this was a comment made by Esteban who says, it sucks the garage sale is while most people are at work. And uh, then you think about that for Esteban. I get it. He's working. He's not happy. He wants to take advantage of items. Um, since we're talking about garage sale truths, what's the best advice you could give Esteban in terms of trying to still come up with something, a couple of cool items while he's working? You bet. Esteban, I, I would encourage you, you know, ask any of your friends, somebody that isn't working, you know, to maybe go and look and see what's there and, and uh, take some video, take some pictures and say, hey, what do you think? Uh, they could even pick something up off the table that they think that you might like. So as an example, if you tell somebody, hey, go to the, go to the garage sale, I'm looking for a football jersey, uh, a number from zero to, to, to 49, right? And, uh, and if you can find one, grab it and then take a picture of it, send it to me and, and I'll let you know if I want it. You know, you pay for it. Give me my credit card or whatever, and uh, and, and make the whole money transaction thing work. But that it is unfortunate. We have to pick a time when we can do it. Part of it is because we have to have our staff, right, who work a normal uh, a normal day, right, from eight o'clock in the morning to five o'clock, uh, and it's going to take a, a big effort by all of our staff members to be there. We've asked a lot of our head coaches to come out just to shake hands and say hi to people and thank them for being there. And our business office will be there. It'll be a, it'll be all hands on deck try to accommodate the folks, but we're trying to get it done in normal business hours. Good. Uh, Rod Munch has this question. Is the August 27th North Texas game locked into a night game? No way this can be played during the day, meaning how hot it is uh, on in the month of August, especially on a Saturday. Uh, any I- idea for Rod Munch about how time is going to go for that game? You bet. We, we have not un- formally announced what our, what our anticipated start times are or kick times are. But I would anticipate that we would keep those as late as we can without going too late, so 6 or 7 o'clock yeah. in the evenings. And, uh, and everybody has to understand there still could be a movement in our schedule based on television because our conference has some games that we have to produce on a Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. So that could happen. Uh, the other thing that it could, could happen is we could have games that we want to play in the evening uh, moved up to a day game based on television windows. So, uh, but, but I think we had some good success having games at 7 p.m. this last year. It's a, it's a late start, I think, but uh, it seems to be the sweet spot here. Everybody kept telling me that, even though we tried 6 o'clock and, and whatnot. But I think we'll probably try to have the majority of our games in the evening, if at all possible. Okay, that, that does make a lot of sense, and, and I don't blame you, because ultimately you know that, for, especially on a Saturday night, you're going to get your crowd at 7 o'clock versus uh, 12 o'clock or 2 o'clock. Yep, absolutely. 
Okay. Um, makes a lot of sense. All right. Uh, good questions there, Rod. Uh, Esteban, appreciate that as well. Um, so you've got the event coming up on Friday, the spring game as well, and then you still have sports going on right now. We still have outdoor season. We still have um, we still have softball. We still have golf. We still have tennis. tennis. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of sports happening right now, isn't there? There, there? There's a ton still going on, and I would encourage you know for for any of uh, our fans who are listening, come out and support our women's tennis program this coming Sunday. Uh, we're going to play New Mexico State at noon. It should be a great match. I mean, we're very competitive with those guys. But I know our, our female tennis athletes would really appreciate the support from Minor Nation. And then on Tuesday night, our softball program will be taking on New Mexico State here at the Helena Troy uh, softball complex. And so that would be another great uh, rivalry match to come out and watch. And we're getting better. I mean, TJ's doing a nice job with his program, and uh, we still need more depth and we, we need more offense and all those things. But I'm telling you, we are doing a lot of good things, and our teams are worthy of uh, minor nation support. How's um, beach volleyball coming along? Give me an update on that. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're in the process. We've had uh, interviews for associate head coaches, uh, and we've had those folks in. We've actually made an offer to somebody. I'm not going to disclose who it is yet. But uh, we're, we were really, really pleased with the, with the quality of the candidates. We're going to do that right, and, and our budget is going to be funded well. In fact, all the candidates we had in said, wow, is, is this really w- what it's going to be? I said, yes, it's what it's going to be. And they're just like, wow, well, we can be competitive early. So that's really exciting to hear people that are in the business telling us we can be competitive early uh, if we do this the right way, which is what our plan is. Before we wrap things up, um, the garage sale is going to be a success. We know that. That's one of the biggest reasons we're talking. But there's a lot of minor fans out of town who would love to get their hands on gear that they won't be able to because they live out of town. They don't live in town. Could we potentially see in the future opportunities for some of those out-of-towners to maybe find a way to get in on the action and and, and add to uh, to their minor collection? I, I, I think there's absolutely a way what we've got to do is try to refine this process just a little bit more and understand the best way to deliver that. I mean, and everything from Facebook marketplace to some type of auction concept. I don't know, Steve. I would like for us to do that because we've got a ton of people like Esteban was saying, hey, I'm at work. I can't do anything yeah. uh, or can't go and look through the, 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 the tables and the gear. But uh, we also have a ton of minor fans that don't live in El Paso who couldn't be here. So if we can do, if we can do something where we put some things online, I think that would be the best of both worlds. I've also heard that the new general manager of the bookstore is really committed to improving the line of UTEP Athletics gear, which is something else that I know a lot of uh, minor fans will be excited about. Yes, I, I, we, we met him. He came to our executive team and senior staff meeting the other day. And uh, he, he's really excited. He's been in a, in a Follett store before. He's got ties and has been uh, working at New Mexico State in the past. So I think he's going to really help us uh, get more gear and more product in the, uh, the bookstore. Fantastic. Great to see you. Thanks for same, being here. John, here. it's you. been a pleasure. Enjoy, uh, in, enjoy the rest of El Paso till May, and uh, thanks for stopping by as well. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Go Miners. You got it. There they are, folks. Uh, UTEP Athletics in the house. We'll come back, wrap it up with Hags next as Sports Talk continues.